in three and two and one. Hi, everybody. Tim Anderson here, the appraiser's advocate. We've got another podcast for you today, and this one is on scope of work. Needless to say, as you're going to hear, I'm a little bent out of shape about it. The definition of scope of work is basically whatever it is the appraiser has to do to come up with a credible value opinion. That definition also makes it clear the appraiser is in charge of the scope of work. If you look at the definitions of intended use and intended users, you notice as well that while the appraiser consults with the client, in the end, the appraiser sets the intended use and the appraiser sets the intended users, not the client. Therefore, the appraiser sets the scope of work, the intended use of the appraisal, and the intended users of the appraisal report, not the client, not the AMC, not the homeowner, not the broker. Now, in line with this, we have to take a look at the reporting forms. And I'm going toward reviews, but just stay with me here. The reporting forms themselves do not dictate the scope of work. USPAP in Standard 2 makes it very clear that the appraiser chooses the reporting vehicle, not the client, not the AMC, etc. Obviously, they can ask. But in the end, it's up to the appraiser to determine how to communicate the appraisal or the review to the client. One of the things appraisers need to be aware of is the definition of an appraiser. By definition, an appraiser is someone who provides valuation services competently and in a manner that's independent, objective, and impartial. That goes in with the appraiser choosing the scope of work, the intended use, the intended user, etc. The appraiser must be free to choose those. The form on which we report the appraisal or the review is basically irrelevant. That's up to the appraiser. Now, this is basically where I'm going. The form itself. In the last couple of weeks, I've gotten a number of phone calls from review appraisers. They have been asked to fill out the standard Fannie Mae review forms. Okay, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The last phone call I got was from an AMC. Actually, it was the AMC's reviewer. And the reviewer was quite angry, not at me, because the appraiser had chosen not to provide a value opinion along with that appraiser's review. I guess I should say the reviewer to make things clear. The reviewer had chosen not to include a separate value opinion. The bank's AMC was all upset at the appraiser because the appraiser did just that. So I said to the reviewer, or excuse me, I said to the AMC in so many words, well, when you hired the appraiser, did you make it clear you wanted a separate value opinion? The AMC's reviewer said, well, no, it's on the form. It's, you have to do that. I said, where in USPAP does it say a reviewer must provide his or her own separate value opinion? And, of course, there was silence on the other end of the line, simply because there is nothing in USPAP that says that. So, basically, that guy's response was, well, we hired the appraiser to do a review. It's on the form. He should have provided us with a separate value opinion. My next question was simple and straightforward. 
is that the contractual obligation you had with the reviewer? And he was again quiet. So here's what it comes down to. There's nothing in a form that says if you are reviewing another appraiser's work, you must provide your own separate value opinion. Despite what the form may ask for, we are under no obligation to provide it. That is a contractual matter between the appraiser doing the review and the client hiring that particular review appraiser. The client is going to pay you to do a review. Nobody debates that. But by just expecting you to provide a separate value opinion as part of a review, what the client is doing is asking you, in effect, for a free appraisal. Whether you choose to provide it is up to you. You, you choose uh, the scope of your work. If you want to provide a free appraisal, provide a free appraisal. But that's really kind of silly, simply because people tend not to value what is given to them. So the answer here, or the, excuse me, the question here is, do I provide a separate value opinion in a review? And the answer is, assuming you and the client agree that that's part of your scope of work, then yes. And because it's part of your scope of work, the client should be willing to pay for it. That's the whole issue. The form does not set the scope of work. The appraiser sets the scope of work. If you're going to do review work, which is fine, if you're state certified or state credentialed in any way, you're qualified to do that. It's another source of income. Take advantage of it. So if you're going to do that, make it clear up front exactly what you're going to provide to the client. If you're not going to provide a separate value opinion, make that clear up front. If you are going to provide a separate value opinion, make that clear up front. Remember, when you take a look at that other appraiser's work and you say, yes, that value opinion is correct, or I agree with that value opinion, or something along those lines, you have appraised the property. Therefore, standards one and standards two kick in. Now, it's possible to review an appraisal and say nothing about whether you agree or disagree with the value, which is basically what you should do, assuming you're not contractually obligated to provide a separate value conclusion. You can say things like, I looked at the math, the math is right. I looked at the adjustments, they appear to be correct and going in the correct direction. But I neither agree nor disagree with the value opinion. You can even say there's a math error, and when the appraiser fixes that math error, the value opinion will change. That's based on mathematics, not an opinion you formed. Therefore, it's not an appraisal. So to recap, please, when you're going to do a review, make it clear up front what you will do, what you will not do, the fee for what you will do for a review, and the fee for an appraisal as well. Now, are some clients going to reject that? Of course they're going to reject that, which probably means you don't need that client in the first place. Your form does not dictate your scope of work. Your job as an appraiser or a reviewer is to set a scope of work on your own such that when you're done, what you turn into the client is credible. It's not misleading. That scope of work. Therefore, good luck in your appraising. Good luck in your reviewing. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. If you need to contact me, please do. 
My email address is tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It will be an honor to work with you. It will be a pleasure to consult with you. Again, my best to you and to your family. And we're clear. Oh, and by the way, are your professional fees professional enough? <laughs>